Hey guys, welcome. This is part two of the series on the Fitness Business Blueprint podcast. Uh, so if you haven't checked out the first part, go and check that out first. But we're talking all about a behind the scenes look at my business model for fitness boot camps, facilities and studios and really giving you a 30,000 foot view of how we run things. So a couple of things. Number one, if you haven't checked out part one, go and look at that. That's uh, critical. First of all, we talked about some of the front end systems of the business. Number two, remember that this is not a prescription, but this is really just me showing you behind the scenes and giving you some considerations. But ultimately, you've got to do what works for you. Don't go and change everything just because I'm doing it, because that might not work the same way for you. And third of all, uh, make sure to check out my new WhatsApp service. You can add me on WhatsApp. Just take the number 00357-9680-6626 and uh, add me on, that's my personal cell, add me on WhatsApp, start a conversation, shoot me a message, shoot me a question, I'll reply to every single person. So in part two, what we're talking about today is some of the systems that we have on the back end of the business model. See, in part number one, what I talked about were some of the, the front end part of the model. That's the part that you can see. That's the part that is, is some of the basics of business. We talked about we talked about how to set your proper revenue goals. We talked about then how we choose the right location because of those goals, how we choose what programs and services to run. And then we, we talked about the sales system, how we attract people to come into our facility. And then we talked about the lead generation systems of how we actually attract prospects to get inquiries in the first place. And we talked about the three types of marketing that we do consistently every day. And, and that's really important. Those are the basics that get you in the game. If you follow those that stuff, you should be able to make a 10K a month income relatively simply. What really happens then though is your business takes a shift. If you wanna go from that low six figure, 10K a month mark, and you wanna scale things up to high six or even seven figures, this is where things take a turn. And this is where this part really comes into play. Because the number one biggest problem in this industry by far is that so many fit pros are trying to create the ultimate business strategy based on what they can see from other people. This is the problem. They're looking at they're looking at what's Justin's Facebook ad. What does it say on the advert? What offer is he running? What price does he charge? These are all the things that you can just see me doing or you can see another competitor or a gym doing. The diff the problem is though, that's not a business strategy because you know, the, the things that really make it work are the things that you can't see. Let's use an example closer to home. Let's talk about one of your weight loss clients. So you have a weight loss client who's absolutely crushing it, losing weight, kicking ass, getting results. And then a prospect out there who's on the fence is looking at that client and looking at, well, what exercise is she doing? Is it because she's doing Zumba or because she's doing kettlebells? Um, and they're trying to think, they're trying to figure out what's the exercise or what's the type of exercise that's getting results. But you know, and the client knows, the reason this client is getting results is because of the things the other people can't see. 
She's getting results because she's got that strong mindset, because she's got that discipline, because she's got that urge and desire to, to, to overcome obstacles and push a bit harder on every rep. She's getting results because she gets her nutrition dialed in, in the kitchen, around and outside the workouts. She gets results because she doesn't listen when her friends try and make her feel bad and tempt her to eat some pizza. She says, no, I'm being disciplined. You do what you want to do, but I'm doing this. That's why she gets results. That's the stuff that the prospect can't see that really makes success. And your business is exactly the same way. So if you're looking to like, what can I see that I can copy and do myself? You might be able to get some traction, but it's only going to be 10% of the actual business success you can get. Because here's another example. Maybe you see a, a gym or an online fitness coach running a Facebook ad. And you look at the Facebook ad and you see this guy is getting likes and comments and it's really engaging. And you think, wow, that Facebook ad is working. I should copy the same thing. I should do an image like that. I should make my copy like this. But you don't know if that advert is even working for that person. What if they're spending £5,000 a month on that advert and it's actually not converting into clients? You don't know, right? Maybe that FitPro doesn't even know. Or better yet, what if that advert is working for that, for that FitPro because they have different goals and different budgets to you? Maybe that FitPro is paying £25 a lead, which for him might work because he has a high price service and a strong upsell sequence. But maybe if you spent £25 to get a lead, that would burn through your ads budget in three days. So you don't even know, first of all, if the things you can see from the front, you don't know if they're working. You don't know if they are, if they are and you don't know if they're working for somebody else, but they wouldn't work for you. You have no idea. It's like I can look at Jay Cutler's leg workout and say, well, it works for Jay Cutler. You know, he's doing, what, 29,000 sets of leg press today. It'll work for Jay Cutler, but it would break me in half because I'm not Jay Cutler and his leg is probably bigger than my whole body. So if you, if you keep looking at what works from the front, you're not going to get very far. And so that's why this part is more essential. Part one covered the stuff you can mostly see to give you an idea, an inspiration. But this part now, I'm going to talk about some of the back-end operational systems, the business model, and it's the stuff you can't see that actually makes this whole engine work. Okay, this is the engine of the business. The back-end systems are the engine. Okay, the front, what you can see is like the bonnet of the car, the bonnet of the Ferrari, the flashy paint, the wheels. But what makes the car work is the engine, and you can't see that. Okay, so... When we look at the back end of the business model, number one, okay, and this is the things you're gonna you're gonna need to get dialed in if you want to grow a business that is sustainable, profitable, and scalable. You need to get these three things dialed in. Um, so the the stuff in part one mostly covered generating revenue, making money. That's great, but can you make money profitably and and keep a lot of it? Can you make it sustainably so it keeps coming in and you're not just hoping for a good month every time? And can you make it scalably so that you're making the money and you can continue to scale that growth without hitting any bottlenecks? Okay, that's what th this part takes care of. So when we look at the back-end business model, it really comes under three, three areas, okay? 
The first area is your cash flow system. You need a cash flow system. It's all good to grow revenue, but cash flow is how you manage and how you reallocate or reinvest that money that comes in. Your cash flow system also checks, okay, you're making money, that's good, but are you making that money sustainably and profitably? Uh, because there's one thing to make £10,000 in a month of revenue, but how much do you actually keep? That's the, the thing. Uh, so when it comes to cash flow, what we're mostly looking at is we look to take our we look the look at the revenue that came in that last month and we look at four primary areas where that money has to go. So we look at four areas, four factors, and we have to make sure that first of all, are we making enough money overall? But second of all, if we are making enough money, are we also um, are we also um, sticking to our budgets and being profitable? So the four areas, your cash flow system breaks down into four key areas. Number one is your operating expenses. And that means that's the amount of money you're spending on fixed costs to run the business and, and produce that revenue. So stuff like your advertising, your rent, your utility bill, your software, subscriptions, things you pay for every month um, that are the operating costs Basically, think of everything it costs to acquire a customer in terms of marketing and then what you pay to serve and fulfill that customer. Okay. The second thing is payroll. Okay. So you've got to factor in payroll. So how much money, um, you know, of the revenue that comes in, how much of that revenue is going towards payroll? You've also got to cover uh, and I include, you know, that, and that includes your salary what do you pay yourself and what do you pay other members of the team, right? That money has to be accounted for also. The third thing we look at is tax. So of the money that comes in, a percentage of that, which will vary wherever you live and whatever your company setup is, a percentage is going to be tax. So if you earn a hundred pounds, some of that money belongs to the government. And so what most pros do, however, is they earn a hundred pounds and they spend a hundred pounds. Well, actually, what most pros do is they earn £100 and they spend £110. But, and they wonder why they have cash flow problems. But part of that money goes towards tax. Now, what is left then is the fourth bucket, we could say, and that's your company profit. That's your profit that's left over for the company. So again, if you have, say, £10,000 a month of revenue coming in, you have to look at your cash flow system tells you, okay, of that £10,000 coming in, what percentage of that revenue is covering our operating expenses? What percentage of that revenue is covering payroll for yourself and your team members? What percentage of that revenue has to be put aside for taxes? And that could be corporate tax, um, you know, well, I mean, it'd be like VAT or GST tax in certain countries. It could be personal income tax. And then finally, how much is then being allocated to profit? And that's profit for the company after you've paid yourself. Okay, so that's the cash flow system. And you've got to make sure that and we make sure we have specific targets. So we know, for example, we have percentage targets for the money that comes in. We know we can't spend more than a certain amount to generate that revenue. 
so that we always know X percent of that is always going into profit. X percent is covering our payroll. X percent is covering our costs. X percent is covering tax. And so we don't only make the money, but we make sure we're sticking to those budgets. We're allocating the revenue into those four areas. And that's how we know there's always enough money to pay our bills, pay our staff, pay our people, pay our taxes, and pay the company some profit at the end. Okay, so that's number one. That's the first big back-end part of our business model is your cash flow system. And that's the first thing we dial in with our FitPro clients in our one-to-one -one mentorship. The second thing then is what we call your team operating system. Okay, the next part of this is the system or the, the business model of Basically, looking at your team, what, is, what does everyone in your company have to do? Okay, even if you're a one-person show right now, you still have to know what do you have to do. What are your roles in the company? So this, is, this starts to be generated based on our revenue targets, which you set in part one. So when you have an idea of, okay, this is how much revenue we've got to make. This is how many clients we need to serve. These are the programs we're going to offer. Now you can start building in an operational system. And the operational system, what it says is, okay, for us to produce that revenue, what functions have to happen every day, week, or month in order to, um, in order to meet those goals, right? So now we know what the outcome is, what functions have to happen in the company every day or every month or every week to make it happen? So we look at, okay, what, well, what are the marketing things that have to happen? What are the sales tasks that have to happen? What are the client onboarding and coaching tasks that have to happen, right? What are the financial tracking systems that have to happen? And you start working out all these things that have to happen every, every month in the business. And then you can start turning those tasks into job roles, right? So if there's like marketing and sales tasks to be done, then you can consolidate some of those tasks. For example, it could be making a Facebook ad, posting on social media three times a week, recording you know, and uploading client testimonials, updating the website, um, doing um, outreaching to joint venture partnerships, and then doing sales calls, doing follow-ups. These are all a bunch of marketing and sales tasks that you can consolidate and say, that's one role, that's one job, that happens in my business is a marketing and sales position, okay? Then you can look at your coaching roles. What is all the things a coach has to do? And then what are all the things like an admin person has to do? And then, now you started to, to turn your business into actual roles and functions. Now, in the beginning, you're probably gonna be doing most of these roles yourself, and that's cool. But you just have to know when are you doing which job, right? And so if you, don't, if you haven't, actually define the job role, you're never going to be able to outsource it to anybody else. So you need to identify what are you doing, when are you doing it, and how are you doing it, and why are you doing it. And you start breaking down all the functions that keep the company working that, yes, you are doing right now, but one day in the future, you'll outsource to other people. It starts by identifying, defining, and documenting what those tasks are. And that creates your operating system where every team member, even if it's just you in the beginning, you have to, you're the first team member, you're employee number one, you have to know where is this company going, what are the goals, what has to happen, and what am I responsible for?
in the beginning and ultimately you're responsible for everything right but then when you bring on team member number two maybe an apprentice coach maybe a salesperson maybe an admin person then they have to know okay this is now your role i used to do this but now you're doing this part these are our company goals these are the tasks you're doing to reach those goals or to help us reach those goals collectively and here are the kpis or the benchmarks you have to meet in order for us to know we're meeting our goals, in which case we can afford to keep paying you. So that's your operating system. Every team member, even if it's just you right now, has to know what are all the tasks you're doing, why are you doing them, what are the outcomes, and how are you doing them, how are they done? Uh, and that creates your operating system or, or an, what we call an operations manual, where you can document all these tasks into a manual um, which you could then hand over to someone theoretically and they could take over the running of the company. So that's the second part of our back-end business model is coming up with the operating system and the operational manual. So we've got cash flow management, number one, our cash flow management system. We've got our operation system, which is about the team members and what everyone's doing. And the third major system we have is our client uh, lifecycle system. So this is about the customer now and what we call the client journey. So you need to map out, and our business model maps out what is the long-term client journey with us and what is our, basically, what are all the communication points? What does the relationship look like over time? And the reason we do this is that we can maximize the lifetime value of every client by basically keeping tabs on where they are in the relationship. If you fail to do this, you're going to lose so much money. So many clients will drop off on the back and you won't be organized to know who dropped off, when did they drop off, why did they drop off, how much were they paying, how much was each client worth to the company, were they buying upsells, were they referring friends. If you don't know any of this stuff, if every client's journey isn't tracked, you're losing a massive amount of money. Okay, So the client lifecycle journey checklist uh, pretty much, it's like it's, this is like a flow chart we create where it starts off with the front end offer we talked about in part one. So it'll say, okay, the first step is the client, you know, jumps on a consultation with us. Okay, do they from the consultation do or the phone call? Do they buy our front end program and do you know a twenty eight day program with us? If yes, the flow chart moves. Okay, what do we now, what's the next communication we do with that client? They said yes. Okay, we take the payment. And then maybe the first step is we make a point of sell, a point of sale upsell. And say, cool, great. Your place is locked in for the program. Hey, would you also like a 28-day stack of supplements for an extra 40, 40 pounds? Okay. If they say yes to that, right, what happens then? Okay, then we we process the upsell payment and we've made more money for the customer. Next step is they start their onboarding process. We welcome, give them their welcome packs, give them their scheduler, give them their app, you know, whatever it takes to get them started with the program, put them in the Facebook group and so on, take their measurements. If they say no to buying the program, what happens then? They're now put into our follow-up system, which now means, okay, we don't, but, but most of the people who don't have this system in place, when someone says no to you on the phone, what happens to that prospect? Nothing, usually. They're basically dead to you, and you just let them get on with their life. But if you put them into a systemized follow-up sequence, 
you'd maximize your chances of turning that person around and turning them into a client maybe a week or a month later. And that's where you're dropping off. There's so much leakage in your funnel or your client relationship um, journey because you, you haven't mapped it out. You're losing just thousands and thousands of pounds. So if someone says no on the consultation, then that, that person's name now goes into the follow-up sequence because we made them an offer for the front end offer and they said no. So now they'll get follow-up emails, text messages or whatever um, that will now you know, keep them in mind and give them alternative offers or try again in a month from now and see if they want to jump on, okay? Um, but, but it goes further than that, right? So let's say after the end of the front-end program, after they've completed 28 days, and now we want to make an offer to them, say, hey, do you want to go long-term with us? Do you want to do a three, six, or 12-month program? Again, if they say yes to a six-month program, what happens then? We put them into our VIP client group. We modify their status on our client system, blah, 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 right? The next thing we do, if they say no, again, they go into our more advanced follow-up system, right? The follow-up system for people that did our front-end offer but did not convert back-end yet, and they'll go on to that follow-up sequence, right? If they do sign up, we then maybe say, okay, when do we now ask for referrals? So we ask for referrals systematically on a scheduled basis. We, we ask if they want to upsell to new services and products automatically on a scheduled basis. See, most of you guys, you think, yeah, I ask for referrals now and then, I make an upsell now and then, but you're only maximizing the client revenue when you remember or when someone like me like reminds you and inspires you to do it. But do you do it consistently, systematically, scheduled? And do your team or would your team do it if you hired a team of trainers? Probably not. So you're losing upsells, you're losing out on referrals, you're losing out on retention, you're losing out on reactivating new clients, and you're losing out on following up with prospects who might just buy a month from now. You've already paid for that lead, you've already done the work in getting the relationship open, but because you can't be bothered to follow through, you're now leaving all that money on the table. So the client lifecycle journey system needs to be mapped out and you can track every client in your database and every prospect. You should know where in this relationship journey they are and what's the next communication you need to give them to lead them to that next little micro commitment. Okay, so that's the three areas of our backend business model. It's the cash flow system. So we make sure that the money we're generating from the stuff in part one is now being done to budget, it's being done profitably, and we're covering all our expenses for ourselves, our team, tax for the government, and profits for the company. The second step is the operational system, where you've got to map out what does every team member have to do, what is every job role, and what are the KPIs of that job role. And the third area is the client relationship or client uh, journey system, mapping out the communication flow of every prospect to being a client and, and how you maximize the money that you generate per lead and the money you generate per client. All right. So let me know your thoughts on that, guys. And again, use my WhatsApp service. Just send me a text to 00357-9680-6626. Add me on WhatsApp. Send me a message if you have any questions about this. And again, guys, you know, please share this on if this is valuable. Share this on with just one more personal trainer or gym owner. 
uh, and take a screenshot. If you're listening to this right now, screen share, uh, put it up on social, drop me a tag, and um, I would really, really appreciate that. If you got any value from this, guys, check out our other content or send me a message if you'd like to talk to me privately and answer every comment and every message. And uh, if you'd like to look into one-to-one mentorship where we can do all this with you, then let me know. Send me a message and I'll get you all the details. Have a great day, guys. I'll speak to you very soon.